Father God, I come to you right now in the privacy, in the still, peaceful privacy that you have given me to pray to you, to lift up people for prayer to you, and to deliver your word. And I thank you for that, Father God. I'm honored to deliver your word to your people and those that need Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the day. I thank you for the people that are listening to this right now. I lift up all their requests to you, spoken, unspoken. Father God, you know all the people who need you. You said you will never leave us nor forsake us. And therefore, we know that we are covered by you. We have your power within us, Father God. Where people's faith may be low, strengthen their faith. Hallelujah. For those who have been brokenhearted, you said you came back to heal the brokenhearted. Thank you, Jesus, for the work on the cross that you did dying and coming back up three days later, coming back alive. The only God who came back alive with witnesses for people to see. Speaking of witnesses, Father, we thank you for the cloud of witnesses that you've given us, watching over us, praying for us. We bless our witnesses. We bless our angels that work for the kingdom of the almighty God. Father God, we bless you, Baruch Atah Adonai. We bless the creator of the universe, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Father, bring those to the cross. Cause them to see in their spiritual hearts exactly what Jesus did for them. Holy Spirit, use me, teach me, guide me as I deliver this word to your people. In Jesus' holy name, amen. I want to speak today on divine providence. At first, I was going to speak on abundance, which is part of divine providence. But I wanted to go a little wider with that. You know, all the things that's going on in this world, there are so many people who are fretting, fearful. Um, their faith may be a little low. Okay, kind of like when you have a car and your oil's a little low and the car doesn't act right, you got to put some oil in it, amen. <laughs> you got to put some anointing into your car. So for all of you that might be running a little low on that oil, on that faith, oil of faith, the anointing of God, I pray right now that God gives you stronger faith. So that you can see things not through your natural eyes so much as through your spiritual eyes. Once you see the end, you're not concerned about the beginning or the middle. Amen. God will show you in his word that you already won. There's nothing to worry about. Kind of like when people were in the car and they played chicken. What they're coming at each other in a car, and one is waiting for the other to see who's going to move first. You don't have to worry about moving. Because even if that car does hit your car, 
you're going to go straight through it. Nobody's going to get hurt because you're going to go through it while they're trying to go through you in the natural. You're going to be going through them in the spirit. So the only thing you're going to do is look in the rear. They're going to look in their rearview mirror and see you driving away. <laughs> Amen. Look, see, God is good. He's given us this power. And after these examples that I give you, I pray that each and every listener will understand just what God is, what he wants you to be, and how to be. Amen. And how he wants you to live. Now, I'm going to go through some scriptures. The first one is, um, speaking of providence, okay, let's go to Psalm 23, 5. And it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Amen. God gives you so much. While your enemies are watching you, God is blessing you. And there's nothing they can do about it. Like I said, the, 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 the car game, chicken. Okay, the enemy just knows that. You know, oh, we're, we're going to make them, we're going to make them, they're going to turn first. We're not turning. They're going to turn first. Well, little do they realize you don't have to turn at all. <laughs> they they should have, but you don't have to turn at all. That You you know what? The, the blessings of God changes the whole game. Amen. So we love Psalm 23. Hallelujah. And many, many of us that love the word of God can quote the Psalm 23. Amen. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. You listen to what that is saying. God has anointed his people so much that the, the anointing's running over. Your, your cup is running over. People can literally run up to the thirsty, the hungry, those that suffer lack and want can literally run up to you with their cups and get filled. This is why we have to keep our, our belief. This is why we have to keep our faith. This is why we have to stay strong in Jesus Christ in order to help other people. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want if God is your shepherd, you're not going to want. Amen. Now, there are different um, occasions in the Bible of how God furnished people in time of need. God gave them divine supplies. Amen. For Israel in the wilderness, Deuteronomy 2.7. If you want to write these down, okay? God provided for Israel in the wilderness. If you remember, he gave them manna. Amen. They complained about the manna, so he gave them meat, and they ate meat until they vomited, you know. And it, it's still complaining. Sometimes, doesn't it seem like no matter what God does for human beings, God does for people, we still complain? Somehow we still complain. But some still complain. Put it that way, Amen. Okay, first Kings seventeen six and sixteen. God provided divine supplies for Elijah in the time of famine. What happened to Elijah? He was fed by the crows and by birds. Ravens it was. God sent birds. To feed a prophet. How much more is he going to do that. For you after accepting his son. See. 
Elijah's Old Testament before Jesus, even though they all knew about the Christ. But you have Jesus in your heart. His Holy Spirit lives in you. You have his power. You're not going by the law. You're going by God's grace. You have his mercy. How much more if he fed a man in the Old Testament through birds, how much more is he going to take care of you and feed you and give you what you need? Amen. For Elijah in the wilderness. 1 Kings 19.6 For the army of the three kings. 2 Kings 3.20 For the prophet's widow. 2 Kings 4.6 you remember the widow that didn't have any oil, no food, and she didn't have one little bit of oil left. God provided for her. She sent the uh, prophet to her. And as long as she did what the prophet told her to do, see, when you do what God tells you to do, you will have abundance and prosperity and divine supplies. Divine, that's providence. Providing, that's where providing comes from. God is providing for you because you love him. You have proven him in your life and you're not afraid to tell anybody that you love the Lord. It's not a secret that, you know, I'm in a business. Um, and my one upline sponsor, he always tells people, if I came into your house right now, there should be something in your home that will let me know that you're in our business, right? <laughs> you know, so if that happens in the natural, shouldn't it happen in the spiritual, the supernatural? There should be something about you that lets people know that you are a child of God. And He, God will take care of you. The Bible also says if you act like you don't know him, he's, he, he don't know you either. God's not going to act like he don't know you either. You get back what you give. Luke 6.38. Amen. Press down, shaking and running over. <laughs> Amen. And uh, for Samaria in time of famine, 2 Kings 7.8. For the multitude that followed Christ, Matthew 14.20. Jesus always fed people. One way or another, and, and, and both, sometimes both, amen. Jesus fed them spiritually and then took care of the natural, see. Jesus made sure that the people knew about salvation, how to be free from sin, hell, and death. Jesus freed them first, when you think about it. And then he fed them. He would free them, then feed them. Amen. God wants this to happen to you. God wants you to be fed. God wants you to be free. You just have to walk in his spirit, in truth, in love. Walk in the light. And there will be no darkness among you. Darkness can come to you. 
but you have power over it. And you ever hold a candle up to a wall? The candle, the beautiful light of the candle has no shadow. Be the candle. Amen. There is super spiritual abundance for the saints. Amen. There is spiritual abundance for all the saints. So, as they say, riddle me this. <laughs> I cannot understand why there are so many people who say they believe in Jesus Christ who are scrubbing and scruffing and begging. It's now the Lord says in Jeremiah 33 3, ask. He said, well, not just call unto me, he says, but not just Jeremiah 33, 3. It's all throughout the Bible, throughout, especially in the New Testament. He says, ask of me, ask me, ask of me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Ask me, okay? But why are there so many people going around looking, um, what's the word, disheveled, looking poor, thinking that's how they should look to be Christians? Okay, a simple question. Do you think Jesus looked disheveled? Do you think he had lice in his hair? Do you think Jesus stunk? Pardon the expression, but it's true. Do you think Jesus was stinky? How many people would he attract to him? How many people would he attract to the kingdom of God if he was disheveled and, and, and not smelling not so good? That's something to think about. Even though there are people like that and they have beautiful hearts. And they might be giving people with a sweet smile. Okay? But when you hand them that $5 bill or that $20 bill, whatever it is, ask them if they know Jesus. A smile doesn't make a person saved. I know some people who giggle and laugh all day long, always giggling, always laughing. And don't have a relationship with Jesus whatsoever. I know some people that would give you a, their last sandwich. Give you the coat off of their back. And don't want to talk about Jesus. Don't want to talk about the kingdom. So if you want to have overflowing blessings. Trust in Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-mm-mm. He will. Pull out the chair at the table for you to sup with him. Amen. Treasures of goodness. Psalm 31, 9. It says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. How great is thy goodness. Amen. Notice it says the second part of the, the second uh, part of the, uh, the verse. It says, "Which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee." Those that have no fear and they could care less about God, they're not getting care from God. Simply put, it doesn't hurt his feelings, nonetheless. God is love. The word says God is love. 
And if you don't give him love, you are not going to be shown love unless you go through his son, Jesus Christ. You are not going to have divine supplies, God's providence. Now, there are some people who can. There are some people who are rich and they think they want for nothing. But when a doctor tells them they have cancer, can that money pay for healing? But guess who can? Guess who can heal them? Would you rather trust in your money healing you, your money and your doctor? <laughs> oh, Lord. Or would you rather trust in Jesus the Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the beautiful Son of God? Would you rather trust in God's healing? Where God can heal that cancer, heal, heal, your, heal your body so good from that cancer that those cells won't even attempt to come back. God is good. Hey, I quit smoking in 1997. I was smoking two packs of Marlboros a day. Red packed <laughs> cowboy Marlboros. Two packs a day. And February 8th, 1997. I woke up one day and I tried to light a cigarette and it tasted really weird, really nasty. So I put it up. And a little while later, I tried to light it again. Still trying to get that flesh, right? Still trying to please that flesh. And, and a little while later, I, I lit it again. And it was really nasty. And I think, okay, I think I tried it three, uh, one more time, three times. And then something says, can't you see God has delivered you of smoking? It's over. And I started to smile. And I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. I'm delivered. I don't even have to smoke anymore. <laughs> I will never forget that. And I, I tell you what, God cleansed me up so well. After he delivered me from smoking, I couldn't stand my own home. I had to take the curtains down. You see, uh, when I was cleaning the windows, I would squirt some, you know, window cleaner on the windows, and brown gook would run down the window. That's how bad I was a smoker. My fingernails began to turn brown from smoking. My windows were messed up. I had to clean my floors. I had to clean my fur my furniture dust. I had to take like Lysol wipes or whatever it was at the time. I think it was Clorox wipes back in those days or something. And I had to wipe all over my house. It was nasty, folks. Sin is horrible. You're not noticing it. You're not noticing noticing it at the time because you were so busy in it. Sin is pleasurable for a moment until Jesus Christ cleanses you and you realize that sin wasn't good at all amen amen and right after that the the blessings began to flow listen to this i not i'm not trying to mock joyce meyer or anybody else but i was literally holding bible studies i see what she means by that I was holding Bible studies, and listen to this, going to Shiloh Bible Institute in Washington, Pennsylvania. I started in 96. I quit smoke on February 8th of 97. I'm in a Bible Institute and teaching Bible study and everything, smoking Marlboros. <laughs> Marlboros and coffee. 
telling everybody, oh, I just love Marlboro's and coffee, right? How many of you out there, I'm telling you, hey, look, all you got to do, I had people praying for me. And a, a, a certain friend of mine told me, he said, I prayed for God. He said, I kept praying to God to make that those cigarettes taste nasty to you. And his prayers were answered. And to this day, I thank him for it. And I pray the same thing for everybody else that's going through anything, anything that it can make them sick or kill them. If you're doing anything that is affecting your body in negative ways, anything that is stopping you from breathing correctly or living correctly or thinking correctly, any, any um, influence that you're under, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that God delivers you. I can feel it right now in the spirit that people are being delivered, people that just divine deliverance. So then you can, God can clean you up, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Say that with me. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. In Jesus' name, amen. And once you're cleaned up and you begin to live the life that God wants you to live, His, His overflowing divine providence blessings providential blessings will follow you all the days of your life and you will want for nothing. Amen. And you'll have a spiritual feast. Now, let's start eating, feasting in the spirit. Matthew 22, 4. Again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are hidden. Tell them, I like that. Tell them which are hidden. Comma, behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage, then God will accept you. Come unto the marriage. He's ready for you. Haven't seen a wedding, a marriage like the one you are experiencing or going to experience if you just accepted Jesus as your husband, your savior, your Lord. You ain't, how do they say? You ain't seen nothing yet, baby. You ain't seen nothing yet. God's been doing things to me lately. The last few years are just some of the things you can't even tell. <laughs> You know, because it's just, if if you told some people, they wouldn't understand it. They might judge you or, you know, they might think you're trying to be better than people. God's been doing outlandish, out, outstanding, I'll say, things for me that would just blow somebody's mind. We just have to, I understand, I, trust me, I totally understand what it means to hold on. It is a wonder, uh, unchanging, unchanging. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. It is a wonderful thing to do. Amen. And it will bless you like you've never been blessed before. Wait on him. They that wait upon the Lord. Amen. They that wait upon the Lord. And you will have a glorious inheritance. Matthew 25, 34. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come. Ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That tells you something. 
God has a kingdom prepared for you since he began this earth. Since he brought it forth, God has a kingdom for you. You can't see it. It's not right outside your door. You can't snap a, take a snapshot of it and put it on Facebook. <laughs> but God has a kingdom for you. Amen. Since the beginning, he has, since the, since the foundation of the world, since the beginning, since his thought, since it, it popped into his mind to even create us, to create a world. You have a spiritual inheritance that is going to blow your mind once you think about it, once God opens up your heart and shows it to you. Accept it. Amen. Accept your spiritual inheritance. It's glorious. Accept your heavenly home. John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If I if it weren't were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. A heavenly home. A heavenly home. Amen. I stayed in the place for fourteen months. And all during those 14 months, it was nice and everything, but it was one of those kind of things where you knew the landlord wanted to sell it, and when the new person would buy it, you didn't know what was going to happen to you. One of those kind of situations. And even though for 14 months I was trying to enjoy this place, thanking God for it and everything, and I had asked the Lord to forgive me, okay, I needed to strengthen my faith. Because I know God, well, I knew God was going to take care of me. But, you know, we keep trying to take it back. Our flesh keeps trying to take over, right? Especially us, we, we people who've had office jobs or, or, you know, school teaching or something. Or you had like one of those kind of positions in life where you had to always watch over things, okay? Mark, you always had calendars or something or, <laughs> you know, uh, Rolodex, you know. But I did, I, for some strange reason, those 14 months, I could not call, call it home. I called it a place. And I tried to do the best I could. But, but my, I don't know how to say this, but like my, uh, my help me, Father, my, my, my love for it, my comfortableness for it, I couldn't get 100%. I couldn't let loose. I couldn't let go until the new landlord came, okay? And he explained that he wanted the place. He he wanted to move in. Then he had heard so many nice things about me from the old landlord. He went and got his own place and told me, he said, ma'am, you can stay here for the next 10 years if you want to. He said, don't worry about it. It is yours. He said he had his own place and I could stay at that place, he said, for the next 10 years. He said he heard so many good things. He said, he, he you know, the Lord just let him get it. So now he, he, you know, he had his own place 
Okay, and then we're we're dealing with the fact that I no longer had to worry because God supplied, and I hung on to Him. God supplied, and I trusted Him. And that's what God will do for you. Hang in there and trust Him. You and and to be honest with you, after that happened, I just walked around, and I looked. And after 14 long months, I finally breathed and breathed out, exhaled, as they say. (laughs) And I looked around and I just said, home, home. It took me 14 months to call that place home. But I could exhale, see? And then I began to decorate and get my personal signature on the place and fix this and fix that and scrape and paint. You see what I mean? It it, it was awesome. That's what's going on. Look, right now you are in a house, an apartment, okay? Wherever you're you're living, a house, apartment, neighborhood, whatever, okay? And you call it your apartment. You call it your house or whatever. And some of you may have bought homes listening to this. Okay, so that's a house, you have a house, okay, and you call it home, but it is a house. It is only the beginning of things. As it says in John fourteen two, Jesus is saying to you, in my father's house, there are what? Many mansions. Guess what? His trumps yours. No, how, no matter how pretty yours is, no matter how low and green your grass is, how many times you cut it a week, and whether you take care of your bushes, and no matter if you have a red, white, and blue porch and everything with a swimming pool to the side, and I don't care what you did to that house, it's still not home for the Christian believer, for the believer, those that follow Christ. It's still not better than what he has for you. Take care of what you have, though. Take care of it the best you can. Because Jesus has a mansion for you. Now, take a look at your place where you're at now. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty nice. Just look around. Think of everything you put into it. The pictures, the paint, whatever, the carpeting. You move the furniture around the way you like it. You get the nice stove. But guess what? Your mansion in heaven is sharp. (laughs) It's better than anything you have in the place that you're in right now. Amen? God gives in super abundance. Joel 2.24 And the floor shall be full of wheat. And the vats shall overflow with wine and oil, wheat, food, wine, joy, oil, anointing. Those three words, that's what they mean. Okay? In your mansion, yes, your mansion, you're going to have food, joy, and the anointing of God. Amen. Overshadowing providence. Are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you haven't, just say this. 
Lord, forgive me of my sins. I accept you right now, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior, my big brother in the family of God, my teacher, my God. Thank you for what you did just for me. Teach me your ways. Amen. Amen. Romans 10, 9 says, if you accept him with your mouth, you confess him with your, your mouth. Amen. You're saved. And guess what? You are now saved. That's all it takes. Say it in your own words. And if you teach it to somebody else, just let them say it in their own words. You know, uh, just ask him to forgive you first. And once that's clean and clear and your slate's wiped clean, because you know he's going to forgive you. That's, that's all he's listening for. Then just tell people to say, I accept you. And then start living that life. Start living a holy life. Live the best you can. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. If you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me be the first to welcome you. Welcome to the family of God. Go find a Bible-believing church that teaches the Old and the New Testament. Amen. And learn of him. Just remember your mansion in heaven. Don't do it just for the mansion, but live clean because you can. Live good because you can, not because you have to. Do it because you can, because you want to. Amen. And go out and teach others. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. The Lord bless you. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you listened. I will be here every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're welcome to come on. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, hallelujah, peace. Reverend Nessie signing off. Until next time, remember, Jesus is always Lord. Amen.